This is Second Story Podcast. The kids in the neighborhood think my mother is a retard. Margaret Marion weaves a heartfelt tale of family, frustration, and a mother's love. But my mom ain't a retard. She's smart as a whip. She can flip through word searches in seconds, can dismantle your logic like Legos after playtime. <laughs> Margaret graduated from the University of Chicago in spring of 2012 and will be receiving her master's in social work in 2013. She has been awarded the Dual Richardson Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Neighborhood Schools Program and received a grant to aid the Human Rights Project in the Dominican Republic, where she has been working this summer. Formerly a high school poetry club president in urban Detroit, Margaret debuted with Second Story in the fall of 2011. And now, Margaret Marion. Have you ever heard of the phrase, retard strength? I would hear it whenever my mom opened an airtight jar of pickles, or broke the refrigerator door handle off, or pushed the buttons too far down into the remote control. People around the house would just shake their heads and go, there goes Thomasina. She got that retard strength. <laughs> and I always wondered, what made my mother so strong? This is the day I figured that out. It starts off like any other day. My mom wakes me up by tickling me under the armpits, the second most ticklish place on a seven-year-old's body. And I duck, dodge, and twist out of her reach, but she presses me tight against her chest. It hurts a little, but I laugh hysterically. This is our wake-up routine. It's a Monday morning in Detroit, except it's so early it still looks like Sunday night. I run to the bathroom to make sure everything is okay for operation get in the tub. <laughs> Bath water, check. Bath towels, check. I make sure that the floor is dry, that all the sharp corners are covered, and that the Band-Aid box is on standby. Check, check, and check. I stand on my tippy toes and ballerina step back into the bedroom to help my mom undress. Today, her nightgown is a long green Christmas t-shirt with three reindeer slaying across the top. I hold the right sleeve tight while she maneuvers her bent arm awkwardly through the hole, and I help her slip the nightgown over her head. And then I run around her, rolling her up in a towel, and we dance like that towards the bathroom, the ballerina, and the tortilla. Ready, Mom? Ready. We nod and take our positions. In our small, dingy bathroom, my mother stands near the back of the tub with her good arm gripping the shower rail and her bent arm dug deep into my shoulder for balance. She lifts her better leg first and puts it into the water, and on her cue, I shift all of my weight into my shoulder and she rocks into the tub. Then I help her lift her bent leg up and over the ledge. She's in. Mission accomplished. I slip out of my nightgown and slide into the tub at the top, then scoop back to lean against her. The water is warm. My mom stretches her legs and wiggles her crooked toes, and I copy her. And together we sigh a good early morning bath sigh. I grab my mother's feet and begin separating her toes, which are warped and wrapped around one another, and I wash them between them. Then I slide some around to the back of the tub and wash her backside. I wash under here, I wash around that, and mom's all clean. Mission accomplished. 
I wash myself a little more quickly, but mom makes sure I slow down and get my girl parts real good. <laughs> Ready, Marge? My mom asked. Ready. Then it's operation get out the tub. We take our positions, my mom braces herself, and I push again, only more slightly this time. Mission accomplished. If you're counting, we're three for three now. That means that today is going to be a good day. Mom says that good things always happen in threes. 30 minutes later, my mom and I part ways. She scoots her walker towards the bus stop, and I walk in the other direction towards Miss Didi's house, a neighbor who walks the kids from my block to school. We always hop squares on the way to school, because if you step on a crack, you're going to break your mama's back. <laughs> and for this, I am the best square hopper. I hop as carefully and as skillfully as I can. I tiptoe around the concrete when it's covered in glass, and I walk on the grass when the concrete is too broken or crumbled. This game means so much more to me than it does for these other kids. The kids in the neighborhood think my mother is a retard. But my mom ain't a retard. She's smart as a whip. She can flip through word searches in seconds, can dismantle your logic like Legos after playtime. <laughs> but these kids do have a point. I mean, my mom is crooked. She has crooked eyes, crooked teeth, crooked arms, legs, fingers, and toes. There's nothing wrong with my mom's brain, though. You just wouldn't know that from looking at her. When I asked my mom why she was so crooked, she told me that alcohol does more damage to the unborn fetus than does crack cocaine. She told me that I was born that way, and that's why I could never meet my grandparents. And she told me that once upon a time, she lived with an evil foster mother and a set of very, very evil foster sisters. My hair was long and thick. Whenever my mother spoke, her shoulders would raise with each phrase as if she had to heave the words up and off her back. My hair was so long, I had to wear it in one large braid, but so thick, I couldn't tie the ends. My mom was light-skinned with long hair, and her foster sisters were black as coal and bald-headed. <laughs> so they made it their business to make my mother's life a Disney horror tale. They told the foster mother that my mother had stolen a very expensive ring, and as punishment, the foster mother cut off all of my mother's hair and then beat her with a pogo stick. I didn't ask my mom any more questions after that one. But whenever I think of this story, I reach into my hair and stretch out a wad of kinks as far as they go, and I run to my mom and say, look, mama, I got hair like yours. And she'd smile that crooked smile and grab my chin too hard with that crooked hand, and she'd say, yep, and my eyes too. So even though the kids in the neighborhood think my mama's a retard, I know that my mom is no retard. School ended early today, just for me. I'm riding in the front seat of Michelle's car, and she's letting me have it because I had a red car today at school. Michelle is me and my mom's guardian. She's like a caretaker. So at recess, I've been just a sitting on the swings, mad at my own business, and the next thing I know, a kid is bleeding from his nose, and I'm waltzing to the principal's office. <laughs> I don't know exactly what this boy said to me, but I know I socked the shit out of him when he said it. <laughs> 
He must have saw me helping my mom off the short bus the other day and said something that caused my natural reflexes to just knock him into West Hell. I got him real good this time, too. I didn't even wait for the teacher to notice all the blood dripping from his nose to his Spider-Man shoelaces. I just curtsied to the boy, turned on my heels, and walked my own self to the principal's office. <laughs> it had been a month or two since I had been there. Usually, the principal just looks from me to the file, then from me to the file, and decides to take me back to class. But today, she has to call Michelle to pick me up early from school. And Michelle is the least bit happy about this. She's waving her long gold fingernails at me with one hand, and she got the other hand propped on the steering wheel. Now what I tell you, Margaret, let him hit you first. <laughs> she had to stop in the middle of her shift at the nursing home to come pick me up. And now she has to scramble to finish her runs driving around the other handicapped people, most of whom slob all over themselves and don't get to eat regular food off a plate. I imagine them as babies whose bodies get big but minds just don't. So I'm riding in the front seat because the back is occupied by a young, slobbery fellow in a wheelchair that's strapped to the work van. At the stoplight, I crawl into the back and use my sleeve to wipe the slob off his face. You so pretty, he says. I smile. This guy may look sound and slob like a retard, but he's right, I am pretty. <laughs> I thank him and I climb my pretty kinky head self back to the front seat. Later, when my mom gets home, a few hours after Michelle and I do, she starts screaming and hollering, who drank my goddamn Vernus? My mom always keeps a two-liter bottle of Coke and a two-liter bottle of Vernus near the head of our bed. But today, the Coke is gone, and the Vernus is only half full. Ain't nobody drank your stuff, Tom. Michelle denies, but my mom is screaming her head off, and I'm scrambling under her, trying to get her settled in. I help her get out of her jacket, I hang her work bag on the back door, and I fold her walker neatly and put it in the closet. Then I wait impatiently to help her take off her shoes. Well, where did it go? Don't tell me it walked out the front door. I am not retarded. My mom screams so loud her body shakes. She plops on the bed with an exasperated sigh. Her eyes are blazing hazel. But she doesn't look at me as I move to take off her shoes. I try to take off her socks, too. I got it, I got it. She pushes my hand gently but firmly out of the way. And I sit on the floor by the dresser and just wait. She's only gonna be able to reach one foot. She twists and turns, but she can't reach with her bent arm, her good foot. So I lean forward to help, but in a swift motion, my mom rocks backward into the bed, throwing her legs up into the air and snatching the sock off her foot. Then she throws it against the wall. Motherfucker! My mom is the sweetest, <laughs> the loveliest, the kindest woman I know in the whole wide world. And she's a great cusser. When I grow up, I'm gonna curse like her. So I put motherfucker in my imagined purse right next to you busted bastard, and you son of a dead bitch. <laughs> As my mom calms herself with the word search puzzle, scribbling lazily on the pages but still flipping through them once a minute, I write in perfect handwriting all of my spelling words three times each. I hold it up perfectly for my mom to see. 
She checked that I dotted all my I's and crossed all my T's. It was perfect. You are so perfect, she sighs loudly. Just perfect, she says again. Then she moved her bent hand to her mouth and nibbled. Scrabble, I ask. Scrabble is our favorite evening game. My mom always lets me cheat and grab the letters I need first, and we would never keep score. The game usually ended when I spelled all my spelling words. Afterwards, we'd sit on the edge of the bed, and my mom would teach me how to count by laying out her bus fare. She'd lay out five rows of four quarters. After today's Scrabble game, however, she discovers there aren't any quarters to count. My mom shakes her empty change purse, and I crawl under the bed looking for stragglers. I look through all the drawers, but my mom goes straight to the shoebox where she keeps all of her earnings from the Goodwill. This box is empty. You bitch ass thief! What kind of an ass wipe would steal from a cripple? My mom screams in tears and throws the box against the wall and I ball my fists in anger. First, the red card at school, then the missing pop. Now this, bad things must happen in threes too. And I suspect Michelle has licked these quarters because it wouldn't be the first time. So I stomp into the living room where she should be sitting on the couch. But of course, she's not. And experience tells me she's not going to be there for a couple of days. By then, my mom would be exhausted from yelling, and we'd both be happy to see her back and well. I go back into the bedroom and find my mom sitting on the edge of the bed in the exact spots we would have sat in had there been quarters to count. I stand in the doorway and wait. Suddenly, my mom gets up and motions for her shoes. I obey. Then she pulls on a coat with one arm and leaving her walker right there in the closet, walks out of the front door and into the dark street. I sit on the porch and watch as she limps, determined and independent, down to our neighbor's house. With her knees turned inward and one leg much weaker than the other, her feet roll under her, but she does not stagger. After a little while, she returns with a $10 bill that she's gonna have to leave out early in the morning to break. I don't move to help her up the stairs. She grabs hold of the railing with both hands and with the face pained from a thousand stairs before pulls herself up one by one. And I watch. And I know then that my mother does have what some people might want to call retard strength. She's the strongest woman I ever knew. The next day, Operation Get in the Tub is successful again, and my mother squeezes my brains out with that crooked old arm, the best kind of hug ever. And as me and the neighborhood kids walk to school, I stump hard on each crack. It's gonna take way more than some ill-aimed step on the sidewalk to take my mother down. So I lift my feet so high, my knee touch my chest, and I slam it down hard on the jagged edge, mother. Fuck off. <laughs> that was Margaret Marion. If her story gives you ideas for your own second story, we'd love to hear them. Join us for our season kickoff at Webster's Wine Bar in Lincoln Park on September 9th and 10th. 
You can visit us at our website at secondstory.com. That's 2ndstory.com. This Second Story podcast was brought to you by Amanda Delheimer Diamond, Sherry Pentamone, Megan Steelstra, Eric Hazen, Bobby Budrisky, Danielle Azell, and myself. I'm Ozzie Totten, and this is Second Story. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.